Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episode will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome back dear listeners to another enlightening episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we have a very special guest joining us. But before we dive into our discussions, let's welcome our guest Alex. So he uh, is in like in our discussions like we'll definitely understand about the impact of media consumptions. on our mental well being right so excessive media consumption has become an integral part of our daily lives but studies have shown that uh, it can it can have detrimental uh, effects on our mental health anxiety stress and other mental health issues often arise that we find ourselves increasingly detour uh, to our screens consuming uh, vast amounts of information without mindfulness so like how we can break free from this cycle and embrace healthier things so let's uh, let's understand from alex like who is dedicated his life to unraveling the complexities of media consumptions and uh, its effects on our mental well-being so with a wealth of knowledge and experience he has become a leading advocate for mindful media consumptions as a means to reduce stress and improve mental wellness for people of all ages so whether we are a busy professional a parent seeking guidance for your children or simply someone who wishes to find balance in the digital age this episode is for you so get ready to learn from the expertise and the experience of alex finks as we explore the transformative power of mindful media consumption so join us as we deep dive into the world of media consumption discover the correlation between mental wellness and the mindful engagement with technology and uncover practical strategies to improve our overall well-being so get ready for an insightful conversation with that will definitely empower you to take control of your media habits and create a healthier and more balanced life so welcome alex we're thrilled to have you today here on healthy mind healthy life show hi avik thank you for having me great great so alex like uh, as today's topic is something it's very important and uh, nowadays it's very uh, like useful also so can you share us with the key findings uh from the studies that have linked 
excessive media consumptions to anxiety stress and other mental health issues so there's the studies and then there's the anecdotal evidence that we see all around us so i would actually start from common sense from what we all observe when you talk to people that spend a lot of time on social media specifically but with media in general you start hearing phrases that an addict would use right you start hearing about gaps in people's days you start hearing about I don't know where two hours have went. You start hearing people do something and then not really remember what they did during that time, but they just know they're now more agitated, more nervous, et cetera. I think it makes sense that that is the case because if you look at how these systems are designed, they are designed to get you addicted. They are designed to provide the next dopamine hit whenever you've already consumed this one. And the intensity always goes up. And the next item that appears before you is not the one that you chose to see, but rather the one that the algorithm decided will elicit, elicit the strongest reaction out of you. And usually it's an emotional reaction and a negative emo emotional reaction in most cases. So what we're observing is that. Now, if you look at studies, you will note that it is not limited to social media. There's a famous study from 2013 where uh, researchers compared people who attended the Boston Marathon bombing and actually witnessed the atrocity to people who watched six hours of news coverage or more of the bombing. And the people who watched the news coverage were more likely to have PTSD after the event. Right? And so we can relate to news or to things that we read so much that potentially we can have more disorders as a result than the people who actually witnessed the real thing. And so even with what one would consider good media, you have to be careful, not consume too much of it because maybe hearing about the bombing or reading some details makes sense. Six hours of a single negative event obviously doesn't, and it re leads to worse results than actually being there. Exactly. Exactly true. So, uh, like, it's, it, it, I guess uh, this, uh, people also believe this thing that we are consuming a lot of news and a lot of other things, and uh, it, it has a mix uh, mix of uh, contents. Like it could be negative contents, it could be the positive content. But uh, somehow it's um, a kind of mixture we are having on a daily basis, and that of to this much of ours. So I guess yes, it's what you have mentioned. It's exactly true. So yeah, there, like, I think it makes sense to have a mixture. By the way, right? It's just it makes more sense if you're planning what mixture you want to consume. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is something that we've introduced in, in our newsreader, the other web, right, where we actually classify articles based on the emotions they're likely to elicit in you. And we let you configure, OK, give me 30 percent infuriating, 20 percent depressive, right, but 30 percent hopeful and 20 percent educational as well. Right. As an example, because otherwise the algorithm will just figure out what your weakest spot is. Right. If you go to TikTok or to Instagram or to any any other of these services, right, you'll get a mixture anyway. But the balance in that mixture will be decided based on other factors than your well-being. Yeah, exactly. So what motivated you to found the other wave and uh, dedicate your work to combating the negative impacts of the media consumption? So for about 15 years, I was working on perception systems, cameras, computer vision, that sort of thing. And at some point, I had this epiphany that I think the world doesn't need more cameras. Right? I think we're already generating enormous amounts of information. But then when I talk to people and I ask, what are you reading after work each day? 
Um, it turns out it's some nonsensical articles with titles like stop what you're doing and watch the self and play with bubbles. That's a CNN article, by the way, a real one, okay. right? And, and so why are we gener generating all this great data if people are consuming garbage at the end of the day? Obviously, there's a disconnect somewhere. And so I've been running around with this thought in my head for several years. And at some point I decided, okay, I want to align what I work on with what I believe, because before that there was obviously a disconnect. And what I believe is that being able to consume good information is necessary for good behavior in the world. Otherwise it's garbage in, garbage out. And so if we're observing bad behavior all around us, one of the reasons must be that people are consuming garbage. So I wanted to try to improve that, try to give people tools to actually select better content to put into their brains. Okay, okay. That's, a, that's a great initiative, I would say. So how would you define the mindful media consumption? Because uh, media consumption, definitely you understand, but mindful media consumptions. And um, also, like why it is so crucial for nurturing the mental wellness in the digital age, what you say? Right, so when I use the word mindful in this context, I you can almost substitute planned for it, right? So you should have some idea of how much time you want to spend on various types of media, how much time you want to spend consuming different types of content, and what that content should be. If that decision is not made by you, somebody else is going to make it anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's much better if it's made by your mind instead of somebody else's mind or some artificial mind somewhere, right? So let's say that you sit down one day and you think, how much time do I want to spend consuming written content from other people? Let's say you come up with an answer and it's two hours. First of all, keep yourself to that. Don't spend four, right? Spend two. But second of all, okay, two hours of written content. How much of that should be books? How much of that should be reading what happened to your friends lately? How much of that should be actual hard news about what happened where you live? What the breakdown should be between local news and global news? Maybe local news is more relevant to you most of the time, right? Versus how much of that should be reading random stuff about celebrities or sports events or something that has no effect on your life at all, right? I don't know what the right answer is, but if you ask yourself these questions and you answer them and you try to hold yourself to these answers, you will be much healthier mentally and physically, most likely. Yeah, it's it's true, it's true. And uh, what are the choices like uh, like can we make in our media consumptions to lower the stress uh, like but still staying informed? I mean, one of the obvious things is try to seek out content that's more informative and less emotional, right? Because there are many things masquerading as news these days, right? But a lot of the articles in in the news sections, don't include that many facts and then they instead include many emotionally driven claims or attempts to persuade you of some some position or another and i don't have a big preference between left or right or anything like that my preference is up or down right and content that tells you here's what happened here are the sources uses basic factual language doesn't put giant adjectives before every word right it says a law was passed It doesn't say a draconian law was passed by monsters, right? Um, it says somebody disagreed with somebody else. It doesn't say X destroys Y, right? So just seek out things that are plain, informative, useful, 
and as short as possible because chances are you want to get as much value in as little time as possible instead of doing what the platform wants which is maximizing your time on site that's the platform's actual metric of success it's probably not yours you don't want to maximize your time on a particular site you want to maximize the value and minimize the time exactly exactly so can you also provide some practical strategies or maybe the insights for creating a more mindful media environment sorry so yeah. can you can you provide some practical strategies and insights uh for creating a more mindful media environment uh, that supports the mental well-being so as i mentioned before i would start with trying to plan my time and my consumption right um and my personal preference I, i would say that books are better because they are timeless maybe they don't tell you what happened this week but chances are what you read in them you will actually remember and it will still be true 10 years from now right so that in itself i would say should be prioritized relative to the latest and greatest events now with regards to things like news and social media as long as you allocate a reasonable amount of time to them and you try to focus on sources whether it's the other web or other great sources there's ground news there's allsides.com i'm not insisting that you use my service right i'm just recommending that you try to find a service that helps you filter out the bias and the attempts to persuade or to elicit strong emotions and just informs you in as little time as possible right and you stick to that and besides that you can think of stress or mental unwellness as a kind of a bathtub right there's water pulling in pouring in there's water leaking out if you don't keep those two in balance the the bathtub overflows right and that manifests itself as excessive stress right so everything that we've talked on so far is control the inflow right make sure that it's not too much that it's not unnecessary that it's not unhealthy but you can also think about well what about the speed with which water is pouring out your de-stressing mechanisms right so this is where things like exercising like good sleep like meditation or i personally do box breathing which is a form of meditation you could say right or even like following some sort of a coherent philosophy that you actually believe in that helps you not get bothered by things that you don't control mm-hmm. that will help immensely because one of the features of the media that irritates us so much is negative things that we have absolutely no way to change right that is one of the reasons we worry so much because whether it's local news we read about crime right or global news we read about the corrupt politician somewhere there's absolutely nothing we can do about it and so we need to follow some sort of a coherent philosophy that we actually believe in that teaches us to focus on the things that are under our own control like our reaction to stuff for example and all things that are not under our control like corrupt politician somewhere exactly so in today's fast paced digital world uh how can an individual strike a balance between staying informed and also avoiding the information overload or maybe the fatigue i think planning is the the best way right if you stick to a plan then chances are you're not going to overdo it but look i am a personal big believer in being informed i know 
Some people prefer to just tune out the news completely. And I think latest data I've seen in the US is that that's 42% of the adult population. They just avoid the news because it's too irritating and they think it provides no value. But I grew up in a family in the Soviet Union, right, where my parents would get up at 4 a.m. in the morning, lock themselves in the bathroom, turn on the radio, listen to Voice of America. Why? Because they wanted to know what is actually happening in the world because the only thing that they could consume outside of that setting was propaganda, right? So, and as a result, we were more informed. We left as soon as we could leave, right? We knew more about what is going on. We knew the Soviet Union is about to break apart when our neighbors didn't believe it, right? So being informed is important, but you have to select your sources very carefully. You have to select the types of articles or items you, you read on those sources very carefully. And you really just need to get the information out of there. You don't need the emotional load. There's no reason for you to be agitated because something happened. You just need to know it happened, right? The agitation itself has no value. Just the knowledge does. Exactly. So um, also, like before, before we wrap up, like I have another thing. Like, how do you envision the future of uh, media consumption? Because why the question is because uh, media consumption is definitely it's upon us. Like we need to plan. We need to uh, uh, like what we want to uh, listen to, what we want to consume. But uh, nowadays, like it it shows us the media uh, shows us the preferences based on. Uh, the selections of the devices and all. So like for mobile, if we are uh, logging into the email services, so they also uh, take us this consent that they will show us the preference wise. So, and there is, there is no limit also. Whenever, whenever our preference is there and we can see all those contents. So we are taking it kind of overload uh, things. Yeah. So now what is the, uh, so what's your uh, envision? I mean, about the future of media consumption and uh, its pot potential impact on the mental wellness. Uh, so any any emerging yeah. trends out there or something you have, can share? Yeah, there is a few different directions this could go. So again, from a personal perspective, I think the recommendation is clear, right? Mm -hmm. if, if an algorithm thinks you should see this thing next, you probably don't. You probably want to ignore what the algorithms tell you, what the, what the recommendation is, and try to follow your own plan. Because your own plan tries to pursue your goals, the algorithm tries to pursue the company's goals, which don't overlap with yours. Now, with regards to where I see the industry going, there's a few interesting trends. First of all, you've had this long evolution, probably for the past 20, 21 years, right? Pretty much since uh, pay-per-click was introduced, right? Since Google acquired AdSense, of all content drifting towards clickbait. I think this trend is going to get worse because of generative AI, because now clickbait is becoming cheaper to produce. So if the same the same person who yesterday was producing 10 articles per day is now going to be able to produce 150 articles per day, yes. right? Because he has better tools to just generate content that looks a certain way. So we have to develop better tools to filter that, otherwise we're going to drown. It's going to be a bit of an arms race. So you can think of that as virus versus antivirus. So the virus makers are about to become much, much stronger. I hope that the, that the trend is that many more companies like ours will create the antiviruses that will both inoculate people to this and that will just give people tools to be able to sift through all this noise. Mm -hmm. um, so the benign way in which this goes is just like after the invention of the printing press, 
200 years of holy wars and inquisitions and witch hunts, but then enlightenment, right? That's the positive scenario. The negative scenario is this time during those 200 years, we have nukes. And so we don't make it to the enlightenment. I hope that we're following the benign scenario and that it will take less than 200 years this time. That's what I'm trying to bring about. But we have to recognize there is a risk. If people start consuming more and more garbage and if it accelerates out of control, people's yeah. actions will become garbage. And those people include the people with big red buttons on their desk. And so bad stuff will happen. Exactly, exactly. And it's a great advice, I would say. Uh, so, And that, that brings us to the end of this enlightening episode of Healthy Mind, Healthy Life. And I want to extend my deepest gratitude to our incredible guest, Alex. So for sharing his invaluable insights on mindful media consumption and its profound impact on nurturing the mental wellness in the digital age. So definitely we have explored uh, the link between excessive media consumption and the mental health issues um, and also delve deeper into the concept of uh, mindful media consumption. Uh, and from there, we definitely learned the practice or the practical strategies to create more balanced and the enriching media environment. So, dear listeners, like always remember that each one of us has the ability to shape our digital experiences and prioritize our mental well-being. So by embracing the mindful uh, media consumption, we can, we can, uh, like, we can create a balance and create a healthier lives for ourselves and our loved ones. And I definitely encourage you to reflect on the knowledge and the wisdom shared by Alex in this episode and take actionable steps towards a more mindful approach to media consumption. So let us cultivate a digital landscape that uh, supports our mental wellness and enhances our overall quality of life. So don't forget to subscribe to Healthy Mind and Healthy Life for more episodes that explore various aspects of mental well-being, personal growth, and the holistic living. So we will continue to bring out, like, bring you through like thought-provoking discussions and expert advice to help you lead a happier and healthier life. So thank you once again, Alex, for joining us and sharing your expertise. And really, we are truly grateful for your contribution to our mission of promoting well-being and the mindfulness. So thank you so much. Thank you so much.